First Kings chapter 18. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Verse 36. It came to pass, this is not a new scripture, very old. I've preached from it many times through the years. When you've preached long as I have, you've preached all you know and some of what you don't know. It came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then, somebody say then, then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. You may be seated. God bless you. My subject this morning, very simple, not new, but it hit me several days ago and I have, I have, I have been over and over and over in my mind with the things that God would have me say for this Sunday morning. By the way, thank you for allowing us time. Brother Rory and I, he went with me this time. We went up to Missouri and had a great time hunting and fellowshipping and just a good time. And I'm pretty mad because he killed a buck and I didn't. But uh, nevertheless, we give it all to the novices. Thank you. But in, in my time alone with God, this has been heavily upon me. I, I want to I just expose my soul to you for a while, if I may, because here, here is the crux of the matter. Fancy preaching won't get us anywhere. Just oratory ability is not worth 15 cents. It's entertaining, but that's all it is. Great singing is wonderful, but it's more to it than great singing. Great, great muse, music and musical talent is necessary, and it's awesome, and I thank God for what we have in this church, but it takes more than that. It takes more than wonderful buildings, beautiful places to worship. It takes more than even good people. If we're ever going to see what God wants us to have in this 21st century church, we need a intervention of his presence. We need a divine intervention of God in this hour. There's so many things that we have, but there's so many things that we've left. There's so many things that, that we have let time and circumstance 
calls us to leave in the past. And we do not necessarily need to leave them all behind. Here's what I know. I've lived long enough to know that you can't just have revival without paying for revival. It doesn't just happen. God doesn't put revival on sale and put out a sale paper and say, who wants revival? You can buy it here. It comes only with consecration, dedication, prayer, fasting, faith, and the moving of the Spirit of God in the church. I read a little story, a portion of a story in 1 Kings to you that is very intriguing to me. I stood upon Mount Carmel a few months ago. Some of you in this room were with us where the prophet of God came against the prophets of a false god. And Elijah and, and the prophets of Baal met on Mount Carmel for a showdown, if you please. I want to tell you when I stood and looked out over the valley of Megiddo, standing on Mount Carmel, it brought, it brought chills to me knowing that I was standing on the same mountain where Elijah called fire from heaven and God showed up and showed out. It was a, it was a powerful experience. But on this occasion, Elijah met the prophets of Baal on the top of the mountain. You can turn in your Bible and read the story when you have time. You will find that it is a, a very powerful story and a very wonderful story of how that Elijah's God was put up against Baal, their God. The, the, the God that was not alive against the God that was alive. The God that had no power against the God that had all power. And so here is Elijah and the people are watching. And, and, and Elijah said unto the people, I remain, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let therefore give us two bullocks. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. And let them choose one bullock for themselves. Cut it in pieces. Lay it on the wood. Put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock. And I'll lay it on the wood. And put no fire under. And you call on your God. I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. You call on your God. And see if he'll come down and get the sacrifice and consume it. And when you get through, I'll call on my God. That's fair enough, isn't it? So the scripture tells us that the prophets of Baal began to cry and to pray to their God. The Bible said from morning until noon, they said, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. Neither was there an answer. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. They were getting excited, trying to get their God to hear. It came to pass that at noon, Elijah mocked them. And he said, why don't you cry loud? For he is God or he may be talking. He, he may be pursuing. 
He may be on a journey or perhaps per adventure, he said. He's asleep. He got to be wake, awakened. So scream louder. And you know, if you read this story, they cried loud and the Bible said they cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancets until the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was, was past, listen closely, that they prophesied under the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any regarding. In other words, the prophet of Baal couldn't get an answer out of a dead God. But Elijah steps up to the plate. It's our time now. It's our time now. And, and he didn't just pray the prayer. Here's what he said. All the people came near. He said, come near. He repaired the altar that was now broken down. And he took 12 stones according to the number of the 12 tribes of the son of Jacob unto whom the Lord came saying, Israel shall be thy name. Watch this. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put wood in order and cut the bullocks in pieces and he laid, or cut the bullock in pieces and he laid him on the wood and he said, fill four barrels of water and pour it on the sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time and the water ran about the altar and he filled the trench also with water and at the hour of the evening sacrifice I want you to see what happened the Bible said that Elijah the prophet came near and he said a simple prayer he said, I recounted the words this morning according to the King James version of the scripture here's what he said Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in heaven and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart again. I want you to notice something. It wasn't an all-day affair. He didn't have to jump up on the altar. He didn't have to cut himself with a knife. He didn't have to beg and plead with God. He just said, God, I need an intervention. I need for you to show up. I need for you to come down right now. Hear this preacher this morning. 63 words later, fire fell from heaven and fire consumed the, the sacrifice. It didn't stop there. It burned up all the wood. It even burned up the stones. It even burned up. It was an apostolic fire. It was a God-given fire. It was a powerful fire. It was what was to come in years to come because the fire of God is the cleansing and the purging that we need. And I've come on this Sunday morning to tell you what we need is not more government and not more politics and not more schisms. We don't need any more fancy cars. We don't need any more science. What we need is an intervention of the Holy Ghost in the church of the living God. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You see, when they were singing this morning, I was thinking, God, we've got everything. We've got everything like we, like the world says we need it. We got all the expensive lights. We got the big screens. We got, we got the LED screen. Look at that drum cage. Look at all of our instruments. Look at all of our singers. Uh, look at all. We got it. We got everything going on. We got a little smoke that trickles out every once in a while that looks like a smoke syndrome Tonto. But I don't care what we've got. We need an intervention of the Holy Ghost. We need an intervention of the Almighty God. We need the God of glory to come down to this place and to shake everything in this house. Somebody needs to talk in tongues again. Somebody needs an apostolic renewing. Somebody needs an old-fashioned move of God. We don't need, we don't need all this modern stuff as much as we need a move of God. Are you against all that? No. If I was against it, it wouldn't be in here. I'm not against any of it. I'm, a, I'm for all of it. I think you ought to do everything you can to make God as comfortable as he can and to make people like what you're doing. But let me tell you, it can't be a show. It can't be going through the motions. I, when they sang that last song, God, I'm sorry that I've operated just out of emotion. That's not what it's all about. I want to tell you that we need for the holy God of Israel to open up the heavens and send a fire, a rain of holy. Holy Ghost fire upon the church. There needs to be some tongues and interpretation. There needs to be the gifts of the Spirit in operation. There needs to be some prophecy on the lips of God's people. There needs to be a move of God like we've not seen in a long, long time. And it will only come when we get ready for it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 63 words and the fire came. The fire came. Oh God, what I prayed for on this Sunday morning. My wife and I talk about it often. Look, can I just be real with you today? I just get afraid sometimes that we've fallen into doing everything so perfect that we forget that it's more about what God is looking for in our heart and in our worship and in our dedication and in our prayer. I want everything as good as you can get it but not at the expense of the Holy Ghost. Not at the expense of a move of God. How long has it been since we had a service where somebody was taken out, slain in the spirit of God? Come on now, I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm putting me right in the category with you. I'm not saying it's you, I'm saying it's us. We are victims of the 21st century. We are victims of modernization. Lord, take me back to the old landmarks and let me feel that mighty fire of God when it falls upon this mountain. Hallelujah. Is anybody hungry for it? Does anybody remember it? Does anybody want it? 
What happened to dancing in the spirit? I don't care what you think about me today. I could care less. What happened to people standing up and being, being moved so much that in the middle of a preacher's sermon, they ran and fell on their knees at the front of a church and sobbing and repenting and seeking God. What happened to the days when people came out of the water speaking in other tongues as a spirit of God gives the utterance? What happened to those days? We need a divine intervention from God. This is what, what the new generation wants. I passed a church a few days ago and I looked at it and I just shook my head because at that church that used to be right, you can now go and you can do anything you want to. It doesn't matter what you do anymore. But they don't want a move of God in their congregation. They say, if you want to pray, we'll take you to the back room. If you speak in tongues, go do it privately. We don't have time. Let me tell you, what we need is for a Holy Ghost bombshell to drop in this sanctuary and somebody get get drunk like they were in the book of Acts on the power of the Holy Ghost. See, when God shows up, something's about to happen. When God shows up, Jonathan is armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14. Jonathan looked at his armor bearer and said, come on, go with me. There's no restraint upon the Lord to save by many or by few. He got an old stubby sword and hit it up on top of the mountain. Fight, fight the Philistines. When Saul, when Saul was about to send help, all of a sudden the noise on the mountain increased and Saul said to those around him, withdraw thine hand. Something's going on here. Something's happening here. God calls the Philistines. You go read it. In verse 23, the Bible said, so the Lord saved Israel that day. Not Jonathan, not his armor bearer. The Lord saved Israel that day because he caused the Philistines to fight one another. He turned them on each other. Let me tell you what God can do. God, and I told him this this morning in my early prayer. I said, God, you can do more with one breath. You can do more with one whisper. You can do more with one word that we can do in a thousand years. All it takes is for you to show up. You can convict every sinner. You can set the drug addict free. You can heal the alcoholic. You can take care of sin in our lives. You can wash us in blood. You can speak one word and we can be made whole. But let me tell you, God has to show up for that to happen. When he showed up, the Philistines killed one another. And Israel was victorious. The Bible said, verse 23, 1 Samuel 14, so the Lord saved Israel that day. The Lord saved Israel that day. Wouldn't it be something if on, on November the 22nd of 2020, it could be written that the Lord saved Christian life that day because of a divine intervention. move of God, a move of God. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. So panteth my soul. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Israel, 
I don't care how many times you march around the walls of a Jericho. You can shout. You can blow your horns. You can do everything as according to your instructions. But if God don't show up, the wall remains. If God don't intervene, there's no crack in the wall. There's nothing going to happen until God shows up. Now, according to the scripture, he did show up. And you and I both know that he caused the walls to crumble beneath the feet of the Israelites without any sword or spear, just the moving of God. Do you understand where I'm coming from today? That issue that you've been wrestling with, that's something that has drug you down. That's something that has almost devoured you. That's something that has almost conquered you. You have fought it and wrestled and tossed and turned in your mind and in your heart and in your life. Do you know it wouldn't take God 30 seconds. It wouldn't take him 10 seconds to make everything about that right. Because when God intervenes, when God shows up, where there's a divine intervention, it's not like a therapist or a preacher. It's not like one of us saying, now you're going to make it. You're going to be all right. No, 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 no. When God comes up, Brother Rory, he shows that morning mercy and he brings a fresh dose and he says, I'll set you free. I'll wash you clean though your sins be as scarlet they can become as white as snow though they be red like crimson the Bible said they will become as wool why because God intervened in just the nick of time. Anybody ever here, here ever remember God intervening in your life just at the moment in the nick of time when you didn't know what to do, God showed up and God began to show out. He can do that like nobody else can do that. Somebody ought to give him praise today. I feel the Holy Ghost. I wish I could shake everything in this house this morning. I wish I could get to your mind. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about you. I'm just being honest with you today. Church as usual can't do when you're living in unusual times. I'm so tired of not being, having altar call and laying hands on people and watching people get renewed in the spirit. Look, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. But here's what I do know. The divine intervention of God has got to be in this house and upon our lives. And if we don't have him, we're in a mess. We're in a mess in days to come. We need an intervention of the spirit of God. Those two guys that uh, were sitting in jail, dirty, filthy, inner prison, dungeon. They were, they were not real concerned about their surroundings. They were concerned about what God could do. And at midnight, somebody say at midnight. That's about as dark as it gets, is at midnight. At midnight. Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to sing praises unto God. I don't know what they sang. I don't have a clue. I wish I did know because I'd sing it every service. I'd sing it every day. I wish I knew what they sang. I don't know. 
I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't one of these songs that don't move anything or anybody because it got God's attention. And, 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 and the Bible said at midnight, thank you, Brother Tommy, you're a genius. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. That's all the folks around, all the people in the prison. Go on down a little bit. Let me quote that. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. How quick was it? Suddenly, just like that. All of a sudden, there's an earthquake. And the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, the doors of the prison flung open. And the Bible didn't say, this is, this is intriguing to me. The Bible didn't say Paul and Silas were set free. It said everybody in the prison, everybody in the prison, every man's bands were loosed because two people prayed for an intervention from God. Are you hearing me today? You want, you want it to, to flow over and let it happen to you. You want it to move your family that's got to start in you. You want it to move your congregation or your, your friends or your work, your work folks. You, you, it's got to start. You got to get it first. And suddenly, and suddenly God intervened. That's what happened. God said, you know what? This old jail cell don't mean anything to me. And those bars don't mean anything to me. And the darkness don't mean anything to me. Let me tell you what I'll do. I'll walk right through everything and set people free. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what he did. In so much that the jailer was about to take his own life because all the prisoners was about to leave. And Paul and Silas stopped him and said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. It's just a God intervention. It's just God trying to perform a miracle. Does anybody believe God can still do that? The need of a divine intervention. Pastor, don't you know our world's in trouble? Yeah, I do. I do. Don't you know there's more chaos and trouble than there's ever been in the history of the world? Yeah, I know that. Don't you know we're living in the most immoral day there's ever been? Yes, I, I know that. I know that. Could I ask you a question? How big is your God? How big is the God you serve? My God is bigger. You, you may be the, serving the God of Baal or, or the Baal God. You may be serving the one that can't answer, but I'm not because I've seen him heal bodies and I've seen him perform miracles and I've seen him speak the word and somebody be loosed. I, I'm not serving Baal today. I'm not cutting myself and screaming and crying and jumping on altars and talking to a dead God. I'm here to say like Paul, like Peter and John at the gate beautiful, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Hallelujah. Does anybody believe God can intervene just like that? When God intervenes, when God intervenes, when God shows up, you know what happened when the beginning? The world, the earth was without form and void. It was a, a black ball of nothing, but God showed up. 
God just started speaking that there'd be light. There was light. He spoke everything that you see into existence. God showed up. And then he made a man with his own hands. Let me tell you about God. He's got doctors confounded to this day. There's some things they never have figured out. They may be able to talk, take your gallbladder out. They may be able to do a little brain, but they don't really understand everything about a human body. But God, but God, who is the maker of all things and all men, he intervened. He came down when there was nothing and he made something out of nothing and he'll restore you from nothing into something. And I feel God in this house today. Mm. They were just, they were just about 120 people, just normal people gathered in a normal place. Again, I went there. I stood there. The upper room Man, chills, wasn't it, Donna? It was like, can you believe we're standing here in the upper room? Can you believe here we are? You know what they were doing? The Bible said they were praying. They were tarrying. They were waiting on God. They weren't jumping up and down. They were just tarrying until they would be endued with power from on high. Because that was the instruction that the Lord gave them. Put up, put up Acts chapter 2 for me, Tommy. Could I, could I show you that word again? That word of how God can come? The Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord in one place. Watch this. Lord, there's that word. There it is again. Without a doubt, suddenly, suddenly, God was in there. God was there. God filled everybody in that room with the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. Hallelujah. But see, here's what happens when God shows up. It ceases to be the ordinary. It ceases to be just another day. Just another sickness, just another trial, just another hill, just another valley. It ceases to be because God will make the crooked places straight and he will heal you of all disease. He will save you and he's concerned about the things that you are and the things that you're encountering. You see, God's going to show up on time. Now, you may not think he's going to be on time, but he's going to be on time. They didn't think he was coming on time when he, when he went to Lazarus' grave. As a matter of fact, Martha and Mary were upset with him. And the first thing they said to him, go study the scripture. They said, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. He said, he's going to live again. That's simple. They said, oh, we know, we know he's going to rise again in the resurrection. They said, no, 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 you don't understand it. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Yeah. You, you, you don't get the picture yet, Martha and Mary. What you're going to understand is I'm about to get him up right now. And he walked to the grave and he just said, Lazarus, come forth. And the, can you get this mental picture? 
Can you get this, 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 this guy that's wrapped in grave clothes? And he can't only walk. They got him all bound up. And, and he gives the instruction to unwrap him. You know what I wish God would do? I wish he'd just unwrap you today. Because some of you are so dead and so bound and you've been in a grave four days and stink just like Lazarus. But God needs to walk to your grave today because when there's an intervention of God, you'll never be the same again. You'll never walk the same. You'll never talk the same. You'll never be the same. You will be a different man or a different woman or a different young person. You'll be changed forever. When God shows up, he will do a work like nobody else can do in your life. So what am I saying? I'm saying, see this guy right here? He's been here with me 10 years now. There ain't a, there ain't a better musician on the keyboard anywhere in this country than Toby Stanley. Thank you, Toby, for your contribution to Christian life. See y'all, that's right, give him a hand. But you know, see all these singers? God puts them up there. Wonderful, isn't it? Don't we have talented singers in this church? Just look around you today. There's nobody in this area that's got a better place to worship than we do. Look around us. Isn't it wonderful? So here's what we do. We get caught up. I'm a member of Christian life. Wonderful. We, we have, and I tell people this. Matter of fact, when I invite people to church, I often tell them, come. The music's great. I can't say much for the preaching. But the music's great. And I'm, you know, I just, you'll love our praise and worship. You'll love it. There's a girl that came last week, said right on the front row with Shelly. She works with Shelly. And I was, Earlene and I was in Cracker Barrel. Shelly wasn't there. And she waited on us. And we introduced ourselves and got to know each other. And I said, you got to come to church. You tell Shelly. Shelly took the van last week and went and got her family. And, and they came to church. I was back this week, Shelly. She said, I won't be there Sunday. i got to be in Arkansas, but I'm coming back. She said, I felt the Spirit of God there. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But now listen to me. Just our, our talent. Just our, our music. Toby knows this. I love him and I love the way he plays. But let me tell you something. He ain't worth 15 cents without the Holy Ghost. And neither am I worth 15 cents without the Holy Ghost. And neither are you worth 15 cents without the Holy Ghost. What we have to have in this church is an old-fashioned intervention of the Spirit of God in this house. Stand all over it. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that I just came out of emotion. I'm sorry that I brought my own agenda. I'm sorry, Lord. I want to lay it all back down and get to where I need to be with you. I didn't know they were singing this song. They didn't know what I was preaching today. But here we are. If I could open your heart today, if I could open your mind today, 
I believe in my spirit today that there are many people that are so hungry, hungry for a move of the Holy Ghost in your for God to wet your face with tears and to tender your heart again and to bring you into the power and the anointing of God one more time. It's so easy to get away from it. It's so easy to just go through the motions. It's so easy to just do it because everybody else is. It's so easy to do it because we, we know what to do. But we got to get away from just casual worship and casual prayer and casual, could I say Pentecostal calisthenics. We got to get away from that. We got to pray the fire down. We got to say, oh God, this is not my church, it's yours. It's not my name, it's yours. We need a healing today. We need an experience of the Holy Ghost today. We need the power of God this morning. We need it. I've never said what I'm about to say, but but I'm going to say it. Orcon, you can get me after church. You normally do if I do it wrong. But I never will forget the first time Orcon came to church. Jeff had invited him, came to church. I didn't know him. I'd never met him. But that morning, God moved so mightily. Came down, was walking out the foyer, and I stopped him. I ran out and called him. I said, I'm pastor. Any chance we'll meet you? I, I don't want to embarrass your kind, but he said, there was tears in his eyes. He said, your voice. He said, I'm not, your voice, it got me. I said, no, sir. It wasn't my voice. You remember that orchid? I said, it wasn't my voice. It was the presence of the Almighty God. It was the presence of the Almighty God. It's not my voice. It's not my voice. But let me tell you what I did before I walked in here today. I buried myself up at an altar of prayer and said, God, you got to do something. you got to do something. you got to intervene in some people's lives. you got to make a mark today. you got to stop some things, and you got to start some things because you're God, and you can do it. And I can't, but you can. Oh, God, convict us of our sin. Convict us of our wrong. Convict us of our carnality. I, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm laying it all out before you right now. I just told God, God, I'm just a mortal man, and the mistakes I've made are so very many. And I'm begging you, Lord, to have mercy on me. I'm begging you to cover me in your blood today. I prayed Psalms 51 today. Purge me with hyssop. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Because I know that most important of this Sunday morning is not that you've just been to church, but that God has intervened in your life. Is there anybody here that's hungry today? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Is there anybody hungry today? Is there anybody hungry?